the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Former U.S. Senator Jim Talent says the U.S. runs a risk of losing allies in the Indo-Pacific unless it shows the U.S. military can keep pace with China. And we're seeing that with the smaller countries that have to deal with China. Let's be fair. So I understand where Malaysia is coming from and the Philippines. Former Senator Talent interviewed by the Salem Radio Network this week. The Christmas season officially underway, you could say, at the U.S. Capitol. Jim Coppin is director of the Capitol Grounds and Arboretum and thank the Forest Service for bringing a 78-foot pine. For more than a half a century, the Forest Service have searched national forests each year to find the perfect candidate to serve as the people's tree. This year, we're honored to have this red spruce nicknamed Ruby from the Pisgah National Forest. The official tree lighting ceremony set for November 30th. This is SRN News. Sideline Sanity with Michelle Tafoya. Laura L. Morgan. My objection to being mandated to take unconscious bias training is that the material in it is intended to tell healthcare providers what to think. Evidence is based on things that, that you can go back and prove. They, they can't go back and prove this. So I was told, don't show up to work on Monday. Streaming on Apple Podcasts and SalemPodcastNetwork.com. AM 1280, The Patriot. Quick look at our forecast. We have a high of 18 degrees today with a chance of snow, a low of 7 overnight. Tomorrow, we have a high of 32 degrees. Check out Sideline Sanity with Michelle Tafoya. The former NBC Sideline reporter is the host of a hard-hitting podcast that focuses on pop culture, politics, and world news, all from Michelle's unique perspective. Check it out at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. And thanks for listening to AM 1280, The Patriot. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that's making talk radio great again, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, for the last 20 years, bringing all the news that I feel fits and that I care about. And normally, I would refrain from using a phrase uh, to describe today's broadcast like, say, a very special show. But it is absolutely appropriate on a day like today, because today we are not only getting the original band back together again uh, around the, the golden microphone here. We uh, Live from Texas, we've got Ed Morrissey from HotAir.com. Ed, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be back. Thanks. Great to have you. The connection worked. Yay. Miracles Yay. never cease. G-Money uh, gets uh, props for today. Uh, and live from St. Cloud, Minnesota, King Banyan uh, joins us from the King Banyan Radio Show. King, uh, glad to have you back. Thank you. Glad to be back. And, of course, from the uh, Sunday 1 to 3 edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Brad Carlson's here in studio. Always good to be on with the OGs, as we like to call you all. That's so. OGs is yes. what management says every time we get together. That's <laughs> it's right. in the memo. All right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and normally I would never call something like this, these, these pop culture octagons, a very special broadcast. But since the subject of the pop culture octagon uh, coming up in about a half hour is, in fact, 70s sitcoms, the, uh, to wit, the worst sitcoms of the 1970s, I think calling this a very special show is actually perfectly appropriate. So I'm happy to do that here today. We'll, we'll be coming up with the main event in just a moment here, actually, at the bottom of the hour here. But uh, 
We would be remiss in not talking about a little bit of politics since we got us all uh, all together on the same uh, show here today. But the first question I'm dying to ask, Ed Morrissey, is you've been in Texas for, what, about a year now? Tell us a little bit about how life is different down there than it was in Minnesota for all these years. About a year and a half now. Uh, we moved down here at the end of June of uh, last year, and really, it's it's we love living down here. Of course, we miss all of our friends, and I miss all the folks at... Uh, at AM 1280, The Patriot, uh, great listeners, um, but I'm, we've settled in down here. We're in a little bit more of a rural area, sort of an exurby area down here in central Texas. Um, the weather is, uh, you still get four seasons, but it doesn't get quite as cold as it does in the Twin Cities, obviously. Right. And um, the people down here are very friendly. It's very relaxed down here. And one of the first things that I noticed was how, how much uh, less... Um, intensity there was around uh, the COVID-19 sort of social separation type of thing <laughs> yeah. going on down here. You know, people, I mean, I still see people masking up and everybody down here is very, you know, tolerant in both directions. If you masked up, great. If, you, if you're not masked up, fine. Um, you know, for a long time, they were still requiring masks in medical facilities, but that was the only place that um, masks were mandated and that's dropped now too. So everybody's down here is just kind of getting on with life and it's it's very nice, very relaxed, uh, very comfortable. People down here are super friendly, and they're very open about their faith, which is really, really very cool. Yeah, that was good. Now, so you live in the town of? We live in the area of Waco, right? Waco. So uh, we're, down, we're down in the Waco area, uh, on the outskirts of Waco. I don't think he wants to give out the, uh, the town, Mitch Berg. I don't, he <laughs> doesn't want to reveal too much. Hard, 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 hard to figure out why there, uh, Brad Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> Am I on the right track, Ed Morrissey? Though I, I, I think I think you're on the right track, but I mean it's, it's safe to say that we're we're in we're in the Waco area, and uh, and it's very nice down here. You know, it's got its own issues. Every every place does, but it's nice down here. The people are very friendly, um, and uh, it just it's um, it's far enough away from uh, from you know big urban centers to where we just don't are we're not dealing with those issues here we we have our own issues to deal with but we're not dealing with those issues now is that TCU or Baylor territory Baylor Baylor okay sick and bears yeah. sick and bears i i i am i am a, now a fan of Baylor so yeah that's uh that, that's the that's, got, the that's the college in town. Well, they're giving the number four TCU Horned Frogs a game. It's tied at fourteen in the second half. TCU is like number four in the nation. So, got to be very exciting atmosphere today at Morrissey. I'm sure it is. We probably won't see any of our friends today, actually. <laughs> well, it's a, I, I still have to look up the score for America's team, the North Dakota State Bison here. But uh, okay, so this is good. No, Baylor, Baylor, Baylor is acceptable as well. I got family from actually, I've got family all over Texas. It's a long story. We'll have to. Uh, well, we'll have to talk here sometime soon, Ed Morrissey. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. No, not my band. The election that just happened here. So uh, I, 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 actually, not so much the election just happened, but the election that will inevitably, hopefully, come up here in uh, two years. The, the the presidential run here. Of course, it's uh, Donald Trump in the race, bright and early here, for better or worse. I think most of us are probably at least marginally on the worse side of things here. Let's uh, get. Uh, let's just go around the table here and get people's impressions about uh, looking ahead to the twenty-four election year. We'll start with you, King Ben. You've been quiet here so far. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to have a this long discussion among the Republicans. I'm sort of glad that uh, President Trump has decided to uh, put it out there right up front. Not because I'm supporting him, but because I think we need the conversation. I think uh, having him lurking in the background would be much more difficult. For the Republican Party than if he was actually to then announcing and saying, "Okay, you're going to have to deal with me. Frankly, that's what, you know, for those that believe he should not be the the candidate, you want to have that conversation up early. And, And frankly, you need to not only have him. If you want him, if you want to win the, the the party, and you don't want you know you want to win the party, and win the presidency, you not only need to defeat him in terms of becoming the Republican nominee, but you need to make it it such that he does not run a third party campaign because he seems quite capable of doing that. Uh, Brad Carlson, yeah, I'm not a fan, and those of those who listen to my show know that I'm an out front not a fan of Trump. I mean, I I, I tolerated him in 2016 and 2020 at. 2016, I put on a hazmat suit before I cast the vote for him, and in 2020, I couldn't get to the polls fast enough to vote for him. I readily admit that. But after what happened on January 5th, not January 6th, but January 5th, after he sowed distrust in the Georgia 
elections, thus costing the Republicans the Senate majority. I was done with him. I was done with him from that point forward. And then, of course, the next day, the awful riots took place at the Capitol on January 6th. And that just compounded my further disdain for him. So, yeah, I will oppose him with every uh, fiber of my being for what that's worth. Not much. But put all of that aside. Even if all of those were not a factor, I would still be opposed to him running for one reason and one reason only. He only gets one term. Yeah. We need a Republican that, uh, I mean, uh, a non-boomer Republican, uh, <laughs> first and foremost. No disrespect to that generation, but I think it's time for fresh perspective. So we need to have uh, a younger candidate that can get in there and have the ability to serve two full terms, two consecutive terms. So that's what I'm looking for, whether it be Ron DeSantis or anybody else. Obviously, that's the one candidate who seems like the more viable option. I mean, this could be a discussion for another day, or we could talk about it here. Uh, if it would be someone other than Trump that got the nomination, would Trump accept those results? History shows you he wouldn't. So uh, I'm, long story short, 100% vehemently opposed to this candidacy. Uh, tell us what you really think, Brad. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, I'll no have argument. more on my show tomorrow from 1 to 3. <laughs> preview. Right. Yeah, there you go. Great cliffhanger there. Ed Morrissey, your uh, perspective. You have been, you, you were fairly out front about your uh, criticism of, of Trump uh, on around January 6th uh, to the point yeah. of leaving the Republican Party. Uh, where are you sitting with things uh, today, Ed Morrissey? Well, I mean, I think that uh, King's point is really good about let's get this out in the open. Let's have a straight up debate over the direction, you know, the, and the future of the GOP. I, I think that there's a couple things that we have to keep in mind, too, first. Um, you know, Trump is not going to be a very well-organized candidate, and he never has been. He, he was, they were able to basically rescue his, his field campaign in 2016. The RNC did that rescue in 2016, and they merged with the Trump campaign in 2020, you know, explicitly merged with it in 2020 in order to make sure that he could remain competitive. And now that he has jumped into the race, the RNC is going to have to divorce itself from Trump. That means Trump's got to start paying a lot of legal bills. And that com- that, that's important for a, a reason I'll bring up in just a second. Um, and I don't think organizationally he's going to be able to put together a primary campaign that's going to be competitive against somebody like Ron DeSantis, who's very good at organization and right now very ascendant in terms of popularity, even among the part of the party that Donald Trump normally speaks to, you know, the populist wing of of the country. Um, As far as being worried about him breaking away, doing third-party runs, that organizational issue comes into play for that. Uh, In order to run third-party, you really have to start building that now. So he'd have to decide right now not to run in the Republican primary and start building a nationwide organization to just collect petitions and get on ballots. People don't, re- don't know how difficult it is if you're not a major party nominee to actually get on the ballot. And, um, and it's, it's very complicated. It's very costly. And that's money that would have to come out of Trump's own pocket or out of his uh, super PACs, which is you know possible. But again, some of that money is going to be going to attorneys because he's got all sorts of legal issues that are still going on. And so if he gets down to if we get down to, you know, like the last month of the primaries in, in May of 2024 and Trump is not winning the nomination, um, it's too late, really, for him to run as an independent. You can't do it effectively. Um, and I think losing badly in that would probably discourage him. But the other part of that, too, is is that because of all the legal problems that he's going to be going, um, that's going to be going on around him, he has to be worried about who's going to be in office in 2025. And I don't think that it's in his best interest to kneecap the Republicans in 2024 and face a rejuvenated Democratic administration in 2025, depending on where his legal, uh, legal troubles are. Uh, you know, say in the in, by that point in 2024, you know, a year and a half from now, I I think that uh, there's there's a definite incentive for him to fall in line behind a uh, Republican nominee. But I think it's better if it, it it will be easier if he gets defeated in the primaries, you know, straight up. And so that's those are the things that I'm looking at right now. And yeah, I I, I think his ego is such. That uh, just my perspective here. I think his ego is such that he, he might well think 
that he can pull off the third party uh, thing. I, by the way, speak, I, I don't know if anybody else here has ever run for office as a third party candidate uh, other than myself. Show of hands. Nobody. I did. By the way, and it was by the way, it was for state treasurer in 1998. And the logistics of getting on the ballot then were insane. I mean, just having it's relatively low barrier in Minnesota to get the petitions. Having to do that in 50 states nationwide, everywhere uh, across the country, in every single state, uh, with uh, some states with much higher barriers to entry. I mean, just ask Pat Buchanan how easy getting on the ballot as a third-party candidate is. Uh, we'll continue with that. It's uh, time for a, a break here right now on a very special Northern Alliance Radio Network as we warm up here, do a little palate cleansing for the uh, actual pop culture octagon coming up in about 15 minutes. Brad Carlson, King Banyan, Ed Morsey, and myself, Mitch Berg. Uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. I know what you want. It's not gonna be what you Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM twelve eighty, the Patriot at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is Dennis Prager from Athanasium, the Math Learning Center. As you know, I prefer clarity to agreement. Being able to understand math is often key to achieving clarity. But with 6 out of 10 high schoolers not being proficient at math, students could be at a great disadvantage. Mathnasium helps students reach their potential to understand and even enjoy math, whether they're starting out far behind or already doing well. Using a customized one-on-one approach, Mathnasium educates and inspires students, helping them develop number sense. Math fluency and confidence that equips them for success in school and for the rest of their lives. Mathnasium also provides homework help so students can better understand and finish it successfully on their own, freeing you up to focus on other aspects of parenting. Give your child a life-changing math learning experience. Contact one of the Mathnasium centers listed on the Patriots advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com and receive $50 off your enrollment. Mathnasium changing lives through math. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. TV news. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, a very special uh, Narn Show broadcast here with Brad Carlson, King Banyan, Ed Morrissey, myself, Mitch Berg. Uh, King, of course, heard Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Uh, Brad Carlson, tomorrow from 1 to 3 here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Uh, I'm here, of course, Saturdays. This is why we're all here. Ed Morrissey goes wherever he wants to go on the air whenever he wants to go on the air. Pretty much writes his own ticket wherever he goes. Uh, That seems to be, I I think I've described it pretty fairly there, Ed Morrissey. So uh, let's talk a little bit. We talked about, nobody's a huge Trump fan on this broadcast here. I mean, I I, I feel that Sebastian Gorka's people are probably going to be waiting outside the studio for me when I leave here today. Mm. But that's fine. uh, let, Let a thousand lights shine. But let's talk about who we would support 
in an upcoming uh, in, in the upcoming uh, joust to go for the Republican nomination here. I mean, given all that we've talked about here today so far, who do you see running for president? Let's go to um, King Banyan. Who would you like to see get the nomination, and why? Who who, I, who would I like to see? Who who would, you, who would you back if anyone in uh, in in twenty four here? Well, I mean, I think I probably agree with most of us here. I think everybody that I would probably crawl naked over broken glass to vote vote for anybody other than Trump. Um, but um, but I don't don't go with the image. Uh, but um, not but done. I, I I I do think you're going to see a few governors. I I just wonder. Besides a DeSantis, I know Tom Cotton's pulled himself out of this and said he's not going to run. I thought he would have been an interesting candidate yep. for this. Uh, are we going to see other governors hop in? A Chris Sununu, a Larry Hogan, um, Asa Hutchinson apparently is leaning toward in. Um, I, I, I I will say I'm pro-governor. <laughs> I, I prefer people who have had executive experience to those that come out of legislatures. Um, and so I'm for all of those. And, and I'll, I'll just, if I had to throw my hand up for anybody at this moment, it'd probably be Chris Sununu only because, like me, he's a son of New Hampshire. I could not have possibly predicted that, uh, King Banyan. <laughs> Ed Morrissey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for a vote for uh, perhaps Abbott here, perhaps, uh, following the pattern here. <laughs> look, I, uh, I actually think uh, King's right. We should be looking to the gubernatorial ranks. We've got some great talent out there. Um, I would say Ron DeSantis clearly, after you know, turning Florida from marginally blue in, you know, four years ago into a, you know, a red parking lot, in in this right. this year's elections, yeah. Yeah. you know he won, he beat Charlie Crist by 19 points. Charlie Crist had won statewide uh, twice in in Florida mm-hmm. uh, prior to this. Um, Charlie Crist was al- also turned himself into a comical candidate in this particular cycle. Mm-hmm. But you know Ron DeSantis, I think. Um, uh, is peaking, and I, you know, people are saying, well, he, maybe he won't get in. He's only forty-four. He's got plenty of time. He only has one more term. He's term limited in Florida. You don't, you don't, you don't get out and sit on the, you know, sit on the bench for two years, then jump into a presidential election. This is his moment. He has to get in now, regardless of whatever Trump is doing. Um, so I would say him, Glenn Youngkin, who's only really been in office for about a year, but has. Um, but also flipped a a blue state uh, at least into purple status. That's the type of thing that you want to do. Um, I think Sununu is too centrist to win the to win a, um, the GOP nomination. I think Chris Christie is is uh, an example of somebody who's just waited too long before he got in. Um, Asa Hutchinson uh, just see him as a as another flavor of uh, the GOP establishment that. Clearly, a, a large part of uh, Republican voters aren't interested in. I think it's going to have to be somebody new, fresh, and young. And Ron DeSantis is really all of those things. Greg Abbott would be a good choice in that. He's been obviously very, um, he's been very active in uh, the type of actions that are designed to push back against, uh, you know, Washington D.C. Beltway, especially with the bus, uh, you know, busing the migrants to places like Washington D.C. and New York City. I'm just not convinced that Abbott's going to do it, right. um, but I think he'd be a good candidate if he if he jumped in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and by the way, I, I, I go ahead, Brad Carlson here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, in uh, concurrence with. I, I think we need more executive experience running for the office. Remember when when it was such an anomaly? But go back to 2008. It's like, wow, what an anomaly! When's the last time we had two U.S. senators running against each other for president? And now it kind of seems to be the flavor every election cycle. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, Ron DeSantis, of course, would be on my short list as well. Uh, Brian Kemp, I think, doesn't have any aspirations beyond being Georgia governor. He just mm. like he seems like a simple guy that likes to sit back on his lawn chair and have a Budweiser at the end of the day. Really doesn't have any aspirations. He'd be a great selection if he got in. I think the guys like that, governors like that, um, Christy Noem in South Dakota is another one, governors who actively pushed back against the draconian COVID mandates and saying, look, we trust our citizens to make the best possible decisions for their lifestyle, for their health care, and look at each of those respective states, Florida, Georgia, South Dakota, did not have catastrophic economic fallout due to the lockdowns. And those are some things, if they go against a Trump in the primary, they could, could push back on Trump because Trump, for all his bluster, 
still shut down the country, still kowtowed to Dr. Fauci's recommendations. In fact, Trump was openly critical of Brian Kemp when Brian Kemp was one of the first governors, I think it was April of 2020, that decided to relax some of the restrictions, start opening his state. Despite what The Atlantic wrote, Brian Kemp did not experiment in human sacrifice. Bodies were not piling up like cords of wood in, in metro Atlanta. And as a result, the Georgia economy has thrived because of it, as has Florida. So uh, I think you're, you're looking at a lot of those. Uh, uh, Nikki Haley, who was U.N. ambassador uh, during the Trump administration and also served as a governor herself, uh, another phenomenal candidate. Love to see something like that. Then we can play the Democrats game. It's like, why are you attacking a very successful woman, Democrats? Uh, are you are you misogynist and racist here? Uh, I, again, I'm I, I'm being facetious here. I'm not I'm not big on the own the lib strategy. But those those are uh, some names on my short list, Mitch Berg. I, I, by the way, I want, one point I wanted to bring up with Ed, which it turns out also applies to to DeSantis and Kemp, whether Kemp is actually thinking about running for president or not. Are these are three examples of states that are within recent memory, very recent memory, people were actively talking about swing, uh, swinging blue, along with Yunkin, uh, who actually yes. turned a blue state purple. You, we're all old enough to remember when Democrats were seriously saying, Texas is going to go blue. <laughs> I think it was just last year. <laughs> and your laugh. Yeah, no, no. I mean, toddlers are old enough to remember this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ed Morrissey, how blue is Texas looking these days? <laughs> it's not looking very blue at all. You know, it's funny, too, because Maybe it was, I think it was... It was in. It was yeah. It's blue skies, but that's it. Um, uh, the um, the the chatter in August even was that Beto O'Rourke was was closing in on Greg Abbott, <laughs> and that he was and that he was a closer, and that's the reason why they were confident in, uh, in O'Rourke's ability. Morris, yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, when, even when they were saying, I was like, a closer? You've got to be kidding me! And. Um, yeah, he yeah. ended up he ended up getting beat like a bongo drum out here. I, you know, if he was running for governor of Austin, he would have he would have won in a landslide. But that's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that, that, it's not turning blue out here. And those are and those are three examples. I mean, Texas obviously is the most comical one, especially with the, uh, uh, the the Latino vote swinging as hard as it did. Okay, point for Trump there potentially. Uh, but Brian Kemp, I, I and of course Ron DeSantis is turning uh, turning Florida into a, a yeah a red parking lot, as I believe Ed said. That's, that's a huge example right there. Glenn Youngkin obviously turning a blue state purple is a huge thing. Let's talk a little bit more about Brian Kemp because uh, I think there are people who would be fairly pointing out that Georgia is sort of the Minnesota of the South. I mean, you have a red state with an exceptionally blue, very, very powerful metro area that has a stranglehold, traditionally speaking, on the state's politics. And yet, with a little bit of adroit politics, you have somebody like a Brian Kemp who's able to come along at the least stem the tide, if not, uh, hopefully, in, in enacting some permanent change in a place like Georgia here. So I'm with you all. I'm all for a governor at the top of the ticket. Which one uh, remains to be seen? Obviously, the notorious RDS is, uh, is, is at the top of the ticket right now. I agree with you, Ed, and now is the time he needs to make a go at this. But uh, as King pointed out in the chat offline, yeah, the GOP, whoa, they do have a good bench out there. Uh, so let's talk about the opposite extreme. Ed, your perspective on this may be a little less acute than it may once have been. But King and Brad, uh, the question that came up on social media this past week, and we just got about a minute and a half here, so we're going to have to make this fairly quick, but looking ahead to the next time the GOP tries to run someone for governor, obviously Scott Jensen flamed out pretty hard. As someone who was on Team Michelle from the very beginning, I I could say I told you so, but no way I'm going to say I told you so on the air. Nonetheless, (laughs) looking... (laughs) Looking at the uh, at the possibilities out there for 2026, when we take another go around to this, I'm thinking, who, who, what is the GOP bench for governor at this point? I mean, unless Michelle Benson gets back into the Senate somehow, uh, you've got Jim Nash, who's a uh, who's a who's a I, I, terrific. I would. Tri- I, I'd I'd, run, I'd, I'd uh, help with that campaign in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, Kendall Qualls certainly. I mean, he's he's yep. certainly making a good play. Thanks, Brad Carlson. One uh, individual I reached out to uh, the day after election day, and you know, it was, the wounds were still fresh for the GOP. But longtime friend of the broadcast, forgive me, Julia. She'll be only a month shy of thirty-five in twenty twenty-six. Oh, yeah. Julia Coleman. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I mean, we. I think the GOP needs to be shaken up in this state, and that would be one name, a very successful woman who's run, who's won two Senate 
elections very handily in True. not exactly a ruby red area anymore. True. Uh, that would be a very enticing people, candidate. People and I'm biased. I'm biased. Longtime friend of the broadcast. Well, you're, you, you've, you've flown a lot of biases in this campaign, and they're all right so far, I think. By the way, Julie Coleman, sometimes known as the Michelle Benson of the Southwest Suburbs. Uh, how about you, uh, uh, King Banyan? Your thoughts here in the um, uh, 30 seconds we have remaining? Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to think about somebody that can actually run, who will get votes out here in the in in the uh, western three quarters of the state. Uh, that someone someone that can appeal out here, but it does need to be someone I think that can appeal in the in the cities. So I like the idea of uh, uh, Julia Coleman, or or although he lost just lost his election, Roger Chamberlain. I loved mm, yeah. uh, an older generation, but uh, but uh, hey. with all the right instincts in my mind, uh, <laughs> somebody like that I think would do very well. Well, we could talk a lot more about this, but no, it's time to get onto the main event here shortly. Here, the yeah. uh, pop culture old, uh, octagon kicking off after the the break here. Worst sitcoms of the 1970s, a very special episode of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM12A The Patriot. Go nowhere. The fun is literally just about to tee up here. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake, and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through, American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Oh, 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 yeah. At AM1280ThePatriot.com, you guide the conversation. Hewitt Pence, GOP frontrunner. Yeah, Mr. Vice President, do you think those who oppose him, should they get together and organize beforehand to avoid the the serial knockoffs that the former president is so good at? I mean, he's very good at this. Uh, Look, the American people love competition, Hugh. You know, I have great confidence in Republican primary voters that we're going to sort out who should be the standard bearer of our party in the days ahead. I'm confident that uh, uh, Republican voters around the country are going to choose a leader that's going to lead our nation back to... The policies and uh, and kind of leadership that'll that'll bring this nation to even greater heights than ever before. Visit am1280thepatriot.com. Click on hosts and search for whatever's on your mind. You'll find a deep archive of intelligent commentary. Am 1280 the Patriot. 
the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Hey, don't forget the Stand with Israel tour is going off this year. No more of this COVID nonsense. Israel has survived worse than a bunch of tourists uh, coming across its borders here, along with our, our all-star uh, co-hosts, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, I believe Sebastian Gorka this time around. Either way, the round robin is rounding the robin. I think Brad and I should be coming up on the rotation here at some point here with a little bit of luck. I'm, I'm all for that here. Indeed, so, as I would be. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, check it out. Go to am12athepatriot.com. It's the big link that says Stand with Israel Tour. You literally can't miss it. It's designed not to be missed. So we're down. Down to the, uh, the 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 main event here right now, and boy, this is one of the ones I look forward to. I mean, I, I I'd, I'd love to do one of these shows every year, but something always gets in the way. I think it's been what a year and a half since we did the last one, but that's okay because once we tee this up, every every year we do this, it's it's like a whole new thing, and it's uh, it's the, the, one of the things where people who never talk with me about this show said, "Hey, I really liked that one." So I guess you some reinforce some success here. <laughs> At any rate, so the theme this year for the pop culture all. Octagon is the worst situation comedies of the 1970s. We'll follow a round-robin format, King Banyan, Ed Morrissey, Brad Carlson, and myself, starting from num- the third worst all the way up to our nominations for the worst sitcoms of the 1970s. Okay, the usual format. And with that in mind, let's uh, tee things up here. We'll start off with King Banyan, your third worst sitcom of the 1970s. So in Hollywood, there is this genre. This genre is movies with chimps. I don't understand why we do this. I do not understand the fascination with chimps. So so true confessions. My grandparents worked in the circus. And two years in a row, they arrived with chimps in the Airstream and stayed at our home. They're nasty little animals. I don't like them. I don't like anything that involves a chimp. So my pick for number three, Ted Bessel, me and the chimp. Um, <laughs> so this show was was a mid-season replacement in 1972. Ted Bessel actually was nominated for an Emmy. For oh, his co-star no. in That Girl with Marlo Thomas, right? Okay. I remember that. So everybody will remember that. But all of a sudden, he's had, he's, he, and, and you know what? As a parent who's had daughters, uh, I can tell you, we've all experienced the, the likelihood that somebody, that your child's going to bring an animal home to stay with you. And this is just, <laughs> the, the, you get a, your, his daughter comes home with a chimp, and it becomes the family pet. Of course it does. That's oh. it. That's the plot. Hilarity <laughs> ensues. Not. It is a terrible show. Lasted one full season in the spring of 72. Wandered off. Honest to God, I don't even think I know of anything else Ted Bessel did after that. I, I haven't oh, oh, no. dug deep was, in. Oh, wait. Here, Ted, here we Ted go. Ted Bessel was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. He did a um, story arc. As one of Mary Tyler Moore's serious boy, you know, or Mary Richards's oh. serious boyfriends, this Ooh. was after this was after me and the chimp. This was like in the last two or three years of the series. Okay, uh, and then he and then he kind of disappeared after that. But uh, but yeah, he well. actually had a story arc on Mary Tyler Moore show. It was a good one. Too. Okay, so so his serious boyfriend number two, three. I mean, there's Something there were like a couple that. of these, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I remember that, but yeah, there were. Uh, this is okay. I, 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 I got to say, by the way, I, I'm operating at something of a handicap here because my hometown only got two TV stations during much of the 1970s. Uh, this is, and my parents were pretty parsimonious about letting us watch TV, even with that when I was a kid. So I didn't see me and the chimp, but I do vaguely remember the chimpanzee craze in 1970s yeah. television. And, and King and I have the one in common. Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Yeah, Absolutely. I loved that when I was a kid. You did? I loved that. I did. I what? loved that when I was a kid. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Quick somewhere, as- somewhere in my boxes, someplace, I've got a Lancelot Link coloring book from when I was a kid. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Ed Morrissey, the guy who liked. Afternoon Delight by the Starland Vocal Band. That's right. Oh, yes. Also digs Lancelot Link Secret Chimp. It's all starting to fall together now. (laughs) Somewhere the first mate is shaking her head in Texas. (laughs) 
That's oh, right. Yeah. It's right behind me in the in the kitchen. She's listening on the she's listening on the Alexa. <laughs> okay. Well, we're off to a roaring start here. Me and the chimp, King Banyan's third worst uh, sitcom yeah. of the nineteen seventies. Anything to add to that? Anyone here? Brad Carl Seval's got something to add. Perhaps a chimp impression. I don't know. No, uh, uh, no. The, the, I will uh, be bouncing off the chimp genre with one of my selections. Spoiler alert. Spoiler oh, alert. Nelly. Okay. I'm about to start placing your bets okay. now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, go on to our next contestant, Ed Morrissey, and uh, your third worst sitcom of the 1970s. Well, I have to set the scene because i got to do what King did. i got to set the scene. So it's 1977, and America's got a brand-new president, and I don't know if people remember this, but the media sort of had this fascination about people in the South as though, you know, some sort of anthropological, you know, uh, they, they all adopted Australian accents. Here we are in, in Georgia. Crikey. Looking. Crikey. You should see, you should see the mating rituals down here. Uh, so for some reason, I don't know who thought this was a good idea. But they created a sitcom that is actually based on Jimmy Carter, I guess, or what they thought was Jimmy Carter, plus marrying it to a comic version of In the Heat of the Night sort of thing. I mean, it was just this weird, strange little sitcom that alternately sneered at Southerners <laughs> while, while, while sort of trying to ride a little bit of their, uh, you know, their, their down-home wisdom sort of thing. And that was called Carter Country. It was actually called Carter Country. <laughs> I don't remember this one at all. It lasted two seasons. Holy two seasons. seasons. I just remember uh, one of the key actors in that show, Richard Paul. He played Jerry Falwell in a great. number of different TV movies. So, yeah. yes, uh, <laughs> most notably in The People vs. Larry Flynn. Yes, and correct. he was very good. Yes, he was he very was. good in that. Richard Paul is actually a good actor. It actually had a pretty good cast. It had Victor French, who was a good character actor. Kenny Holiday was in it. Uh, Brene <laughs> Watson, who did a lot of other television later on, she was part of it. Um, oh but oh my gosh, yeah, it was this. You know, I'll just read you the IMDb. Um, the IMDb description. The comic exploits of a redneck sheriff and his educated black deputy in a small Georgia town. <laughs> yeah. Educa- educated black deputy. Yeah, that'd go over well for a uh, show plot uh, su- a summary these days, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, again, it was sort of, it was, it, you know, it, you know, it was supposed to be sort of, uh, you know, the dynamic of in the heat of the night. But this right. was not Carol O'Connor and Sidney Poitier, <laughs> let me tell you. And there's no knock on the people who were in the cast because Victor French and Kenny Holiday were both good actors. Yeah. But this was just, it was terrible. I can't even believe it lasted two seasons. I'm surprised it lasted 13 episodes. I believe this was Victor French's bridge from Little House on the Prairie to Highway to Heaven. He, this was his in-between uh, <laughs> television show. I think so. you might be right. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, and the thing is, before this, he was playing heavy. So I don't know if anybody remembers the, um, uh, I think it was called Flap, where it was a, it was about I think um, no I do not uh, it was a it was a um, it was a movie about um, the American Indian movement and you've, um, you've out triviaed Brad Carlson yeah there. Didn't, have not heard that one yeah <laughs> and he played the heavy in that one you know he's um, I think it was oh uh, gosh I can't think of his name Anthony um, he's in Zorba the Greek I can't think of his name now. Um, but he played a he played a Native American who um, like leads a protest. It's just sort of a silly protest, and it gets way out of hand. Right. Um, and it was early 1970s. So he he did Anthony Quinn. Okay. Anthony yeah. Quinn. Uh, Anthony yes. Quinn. That's it. And uh, Victor French played the heavy in that when he played the antagonist. Um, and it was a drama, so it was he was pretty heavy um, heavy for that. But that was the roles that he had typically taken up until this point in time. And this is the one I think that kind of. You know that you know uh, Little House on the Prairie, this one, and then you know, went on to Highway to Heaven. I think it was he was very good in that. So it's not a case of having bad casting. Uh, this was just a case of a really bad concept yes. that they beat to absolute death over two seasons. <laughs> I can't two, even believe it. I got two seasons out of it. That's the two part seasons. that kills me. <laughs> Interesting about you talking about the the fascination, the sort of Jane Goodall uh, gorillas in the mist fixation with Southerners that happened in, in the late seventies. I mean, they, they took us everywhere from the Waltons to uh, to to. Uh, what was the the show? Uh, General Lee, Daisy Duke, Duke's oh, a hazard. Hazard, yeah. Duke's Thank hazard, you very yeah. much. Yes, that was yeah, redneck Southerner. Well, Southerners of all t- 
stereotypes, redneck and otherwise, noble and struggling or, or cartoonish and buffoonish, uh, were kind of a craze for a while there. I haven't seen anything quite like, you haven't seen a lot of shows about the Deep South in the last, no, but, I don't know, but, 40 years. But may I, may I just point out the incongruity of the theme song that you just played? Because you're doing something, at least the Dukes of Hazard had sort of a southern-themed <laughs> yes. theme song, right? You know, yeah. the Waltons had sort of a down-homey theme song. Yeah. This one, this one uh, I mean, it, so, it sounds like Marvin Hamlish Jr., you know, jamming at the, uh, you know, at, at the night at the local nightclub in, in Manhattan. It was an outtake from a failed uh, a variety pilot that uh, was that someone needed to reuse. Let's, I'll tell you what, Ed, that's, that's okay. So we're, we'll keep track of these as we go forward here. It's about time for a break. We'll get to Ed Morrissey's and my number threes before we move to the Brad home Carlson's stretch here. Brad, Brad, Brad Carlson's. What did I say? Oh, Brad you Carlson. Said, that's right. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that when we come back. It's so much to keep track of here uh, because just the trivia alone is melting my brain down here so far. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment here. Go nowhere. Pulp, pop culture octagon when we return. Northern Alliance AM 1280, The Patriot. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why? AM 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. It's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a memorable travel opportunity that will be the highlight of your year. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to Israel October of 2023 with the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, as we visit key sites in the Holy Land, thoughtfully designed to give you an unprecedented view of a region you've likely only heard about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to get all the details. We'll uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll step foot on the ancient streets of Jerusalem, sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and more. It's a trip of a lifetime, a real bucket list trip. We'll have special guides for our group, luxury accommodations. We'll broadcast our radio shows from Israel as well. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel tour. Come with us in 2023. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or just visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Join us. Thanks to Total Wine, you saved more On all the gifts for the ones you adore Wine, spirits, beers, all nestled on shelves Got some advice from our helpful elves Oh, so, so many gifts to explore When you go, go to Total Wine and more Bottles so delightful, whoa, whoa, whoa Price so amazingly low, low, low Bring more joy to your world When you find what you love and love what you find Always lowest prices at Total Wine and more the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Pop Culture Octagon, uh, going into its uh, halfway through number three, which means the fun isn't even one-third over here with the Pop Culture Octagon. We're up to Brad Carlson, your number three. By the way, we should should recap here. We had uh, our uh, King Banyans, number three, Me and the Chimp. 
Uh, and Ed's Carter country off to an inauspicious start so far, and it only goes downhill from here. Uh, Brad Carlson, <laughs> your number three worst sitcom of the 70s. Well, continuing with the chimpanzee theme, apparently in the late 70s, everybody was wanting to get in on the, uh, uh, I guess, money-printing <laughs> genres that were movies about semi-trucks a la Convoy and chimpanzees every which way but loose, huh? which gives uh-huh. you BJ and the Bear. <laughs> Now, I know Greg Evigan, actually, Greg Evigan, who played B.J. McKay in this series, he was actually the lead singer of the theme song, but the backup singers, I don't know who the backup singers are here. Tony Tennille's sisters, we'll, I think. We'll go with it. Uh, could be the Lennon sisters, who's to say. But uh, B.J. McKay. The Starland vocal band, I think. Yeah. Possibilities are endless. Uh, B.J. McKay was a good-looking young trucker who traveled around the country in his big red and white rig with a single companion, his pet chimp. Bear. <laughs> now, another bit of trivia. Does anybody know how Bear got his name? Ah, I'm no. stumped. No. He's named after legendary Alabama football coach Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant. Oh. Now, I've, I'm often wondering, uh, it, uh, back in the college football days of Bear Bryant coaching the University of Alabama, if inter- any enterprising journalist ever asked Bear Bryant's perspective of being named uh, after uh, a chimp being named after him in a popular <laughs> NBC sitcom. Don't know if any enterprising journalist took that on, but uh, they were based in rural Georgia, was BJ and the Bear, and confronted by a succession of corrupt local sheriffs, including Elroy P. Lobo, played by Claude Akins. <laughs> Claude Akins! That's who went, right. Whoa. who went on to have his own spinoff series called Sheriff Lobo, which was one of my considerations for yeah. three worst sitcoms. <laughs> Sheriff Lobo did not make my list, could have. And uh, it kind of comes full circle here because Ed referenced the movie Flap earlier. Claude Akins was also in that movie playing a character <laughs> named Lobo. That's so, right. I mean, fortuitous concatenation of events here. So, BJ and the Bear lasted three seasons. What? Uh, three whole seasons, yeah. Three they, seasons? Three seasons. They, uh, the third season, uh, the ratings were sagging. They tried to resurrect it a little bit. So, when the show came back for its third seasons, they started with a two-part episode called BJ and the Seven Lady Truckers. Not to, <laughs> which, by the way, was not a, to be confused with the season two opener, Snow White and the Seven Lady Truckers, which is also a two-part episode. So uh, they tried to get it. They seven hot blonde ladies uh, co-opting with BJ to try to stop uh, corruption and zaniness on America's highways, uh, and season three ended up being its last. And, and of course, that, that tied in with the legal drama, 12 Angry Hot Ladies, which <laughs> was a pilot that never got picked up. <laughs> More is the pity. So BJ now, and the Bear. It, Third yeah. worst nothing, on my list. Nothing says uh, looking for love in all the wrong places like uh, a cab that has a chimp in it. That's right. <laughs> wow. Indeed, By yeah. the way, that's another 70s sh- subgenre that uh, I don't know if it's worth an entire show, but we might have enough material because we have we have shows about redneck Southerners. Rural Georgia seemed to have been very popular mm-hmm. in, in the day, yep. of course. That's, that's your Smokey and the Bandit. And then mm-hmm. shows that were <clears throat> saved by a bevy of beauties that were brought in to, to try and plump up the ratings later. My favorite, of course, Baba Black Sheep, which was completely bottlerized by Hollywood, bringing in a bunch of nurses to a part of the, of, of the yes. war in the South Pacific that never yes. had nurses. Oh, <laughs> and, my gosh, I forgot that. that oh this, my gosh. this was a show that flew over the shark with an F4 Corsair, frankly. I mean, you could <laughs> see, even as a ninth grader, I could say, this, this, this has jumped the shark. And this is before Fonzie did the, the, the eponymous uh, act and, and, he, and another uh, famous sitcom that no one's ever going to call one of the worst of, of the decade, I have a hunch. Anyway. I'm going to go on to one of mine here, and uh, and this one's kind of a bold strategy, uh, to put it in in dodgeball terms here, Uh, because this is a show that is generally considered one of the great TV shows of, of all time. And I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put add a little context to this here. So uh, keep your jaws restrained so they don't hit the floor, ladies and gentlemen. My third worst sitcom of the 1970s. That's right. Mash. Mash. Let me elaborate. Mash. Please do. Oh. The first five seasons of Mash were some of the best comedy television in history, with a little bit with some some well placed drama thrown in. The last five seasons of Mash were drama 
with comedy thrown in. And, and, and it's very heavily tied with a change in the showrunner that happened in the middle of season six. Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds, who put the show on the air as a comedy about the Vietnam War set in Korea, in, in, during the Korean War, left the show. And and I remember even when I was a kid thinking, it's about the same time Radar O'Reilly left the show and... Uh, and uh, what's his name? Dave, uh, David Ogden Stiers joined the show. Oh, yeah. Winchester joined yeah, the show. Winchester replaced uh, Larry Mc... Linville. Yeah. McLean and Stevenson, he moved on. McLean around. Stevenson moved on. One of the, one of the most, uh, one of the great tactical areas in show business, moving right. on from MASH to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to go on to bigger and better things. And I, just, I remember even that as a kid. The, I remember the Ernie Broglio for, uh, for um, oh, gosh, now I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, famous Cub. The, the trade. Oh, uh, Maddox? Lou, uh, no, no, uh, no, no. It goes way back. Um, oh, way. Will Pappas? No, it was uh, Ernie Broglio for who? Uh, it was like the worst trade in Frank Robinson. I will let you sort that out while I go through my third <laughs> worst <laughs> sitcom of the I completely blew the pin. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm going to get it back on track. So Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds left the show, replaced by Burt Metcalf and Alan Alda as executive producers. Lou Brock. At, at Lou Brock. Thank you very much. And they, uh, they, went, uh, they very purposely went from being a comedy with some drama to a drama with bits and pieces of comedy. So three out of four pieces worked fine. Before, uh, 19, before the season six... Great comedy with some excellent drama thrown in. After uh, that, that sixth season, from sixth season on, uh, and it corresponded with when Radar O'Reilly left the show, but it wasn't you know, correlation doesn't equal causation here. Uh, it became a very capable drama, groundbreaking in many, many ways. But and I remember thinking this even when I was watching the show in, in high school and and, uh, and college in, in the late seventies, and uh, obviously it uh, trailed over into the early eighties here. But the comedy in MASH was just dreadful, and it got worse and worse. You had yeah. this, this drama, excellent drama, that, uh, that was one of the best-written shows on television, and they'd be interspersing this, this comedic bilge that looked like it was outtakes from the Henny Youngman playbook. It was just cringe, and, and this is before cringe was, was, was sort of ironically cool. This is just, I mean, you, you have a, a scene that's it's, it's zipping along pretty nicely. I mean, it's dramatic in one form or another, and then you have... Henry Blake, the, the, at this point, the, 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 the you know, great Henry Morgan, throwing in some line that, that could have come out of some Borscht Belt comic that just felt like about as appropriate as, I don't know, a pyramid of skeletons in the middle of Notre Dame. I don't know. Uh, Ed, Ed, uh, Brad Carlson. And that and the Korean War didn't last 11 years. I think that, you know, kind of a hist- for well, historical accuracy. <laughs> and, and the show, obviously, Vietnam ended in 1975, three years into the show's run, which was their, their main source of material is the Vietnam right. War. They, right. had to, they had to re, re, refocus the show somehow, and and most of it worked really well, but even as a kid, when I was much relatively willing to accept an awful lot of things that were, were fed to me by Hollywood, I remember thinking, even back then, the comedy here just is not up to the level of the rest of the show. It just feels very, very out of place. Misplaced, indeed. I thought it was... Yeah. It, it got preachy. Yeah. It got preachy, too, yeah. in, the, in those last yeah. five the, seasons. The drama got preachy, and I'm willing to accept that because we're talking 11 seasons here. Things are going to start to run off the rails. The comedy, starting in season seven, was dreadful uh, from the beginning and stayed that way throughout. So, yeah, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works, perhaps. Well, I will say this much, right? That, that there was a fight about whether or not there would be a laugh track. On yes. MASH. Mm. Right. And the laugh track fight was between the producers who did not want one, CBS who did want one. The compromise was no laugh track in the surgery in no, the surgery no, room. No rack trap in the OR. Absolutely right. In uh, the OR, a, no but every place radio. else. By the way, we're up to, against a break here right now. We'll be back with uh, number two of our list of worst sitcoms of the 70s when we return. Go nowhere. Attention, if you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance, and you better watch out, because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the fresh 
Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Is your furnace being a turkey? Gobble up these savings from standard heating and air conditioning. Save up to $1,500 on a new furnace and air conditioner combo. Ask about their 0% financing this holiday season. Did you know that standard heating also installs boilers? This month, save up to $1,000 on any boiler. That's two offers this month with savings of up to $1,500. Be sure to ask about installing a water heater with your purchase. Don't wait and be left out in the cold this winter. Be proactive and save some cold, hard cash. Call for your free estimate today. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, a family-owned and operated business, is located right here in the Twin Cities. Visit standardheating.com to see their Black Friday specials. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. Call to schedule an appointment and mention the Patriot. That's Standard Heating for all your heating needs this winter. Standardheating.com. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only do they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely, we're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to jtrroofinginc.com. That's jtrroofinginc.com. AM 1280. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.